When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday night, so you know what that means. It's the Leafs weekender. There's a little bit of Leafs action, not a whole lot. We might dabble into a little bit of it as we roll through this one. But as always, we have a special guest tonight. No, it's not Clark Monroe. That ship has sailed. He's now just a piece of furniture in the offside house. But it's audio. That's how I get treated around here. Unreal. Hey, listen, man, I'll be looking under your cushions for change sometime soon. Don't worry. Uh, Audie James joins us tonight. The soon-to-be newly minted married man. We appreciate you jumping on with us. I know you're busy in your household, but my friend, how is everything on your neck of the woods? It's good, man. Things are, uh, well, like you said, it's been busy. So uh, no no rest for the wicked here as we gear up and uh, get ready for another season of uh, Leafs hockey, Flames hockey. You can see behind me, obviously. Uh, no stranger to the show, but uh, everybody knows where my uh, my allegiances lie when it comes to us uh, to to hockey coverage. But yeah, things are good, man. I'm happy to uh, happy to finally be talking some hockey again. Yeah, it feels good. Well, I mean, we had you on before the summer started, before Trey Living made some moves and all that fun stuff, and we said we'd have you back on to rehash what happened over the summer. But before I get any further, of course, my co-host in the show with me right here tonight, it is Clark Monroe. Clark, how's the night treating you? Uh, it's been a it's been a weekend. It's real busy. My nephew turned nineteen, so he had his first ever alcoholic beverage. He never had one before, so uh, <laughs> that was a that. good time. Um, so yeah, no, it's been a good weekend. Uh, got to spend some family time, see some people I haven't seen in a while. So always a good time. It's never a bad thing, Dylan. How's everything treating you in your neck of the woods, bud? Good, good. Worked yesterday and uh, woke up probably on four hours of sleep to go to a card show. So I'm buzzing. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a card show. Well, before we jump in, we are proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Check out their puck off Lagerdale. It's the big beer for the absolute big podcast with Audie James tonight. And of course, we are brought to you by our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. We'll get into them a little later on. But before we get any further, obviously Mike Babcock steps down today. It's the news that is turning the hockey wheel right now. I know Clark doesn't want to talk about it. We're not wow. going to spend too much time on it. All we're going to do is say maybe Paul Bissonnette was right. Maybe what we said last weekend and what I said with Rod on Wednesday night was the fact that the veteran players were probably fine with it and the younger players, as we found out, were not. And it's no longer a veteran's room anymore. It is a collective room. And a collectively, the team needs to feel good moving forward. And obviously, they didn't. And that's why the NHLPA stepped in, did their investigation, found out what they found. And Babcock, to his credit, said he didn't want to be a distraction. But we all know when someone agrees to step down, it was either, hey, you can say you've stepped down or we can fire you. What would you like to take? What road would you like to take? That's usually the way it is. Um, This may not be the case here, but I really think that would be what it was. 
hey, we can dismiss you or you can bow out yourself. Yeah. I want to know, Adi, what do you think of the Mike Babcock situation? Let's put a bow on it a little bit here. Um, sitting from where you are, what do you think? Yeah, it was uh, – I think Columbus kind of had to know coming into this that there where there was potential to run into something like this. Um, given his history, given, you know, everything that happened with the Leafs and, you know, uh, guys like Chris Chelios and, and, uh, um, uh, geez, who am I blanking on? Franzen, Johan Franzen. Yeah. Mike Commodore, guys like that, um, who aren't afraid to speak out about Babcock's history behind the bench and kind of his treatment of players, even as recently for you guys, like being Leaf fans and, and a show that covers the Leafs with the whole Mitch Marner thing. And, um, you know, the, 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 the list that uh, we thought was going to be kept secret that he ended up, uh, you know, for no pun intended, babbing off to everybody um, in in the locker room. I think it was, I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Nazem Kadri, and I can't remember who else he had at the bottom of his list. But uh, either way, it doesn't matter. It's the wrong thing to do as a coach. Uh, and like I said, Columbus probably probably shouldn't have hired him in the first place, given this track record and given the fact that, Hey, uh, this is a team that, you know, we're trying to get on the up and up here, made some pretty good draft picks, got a, a nice young core in the making here. Uh, let's turn a new leaf and, and, and bring that, bring a kind of coach in who can coach these young players and, and bring them up. And this can be, you know, eventually a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid young team. Uh, but instead they did the opposite. They brought in Mike Babcock. Um, my thoughts on the decision, it had to be done. Um, just, just stupid. Like it, I, there's no, there's no sugarcoating it. What he did was stupid. Um, Boone Jenner said that he was okay with it. Johnny Gaudreau said he's okay with it. Um, but obviously there was an investigation with the PA where there was a lot of people who said they weren't okay with it. So uh, the bottom line is, like you said, this is a job for everybody. Um, toxic work environments, are all over the place outside of the, the NHL. And, you know, I've been a part of them before where it's just not great, uh, but you get one, rid of that one bad egg. Who's the problem. And uh, it's, it changes the trajectory of your work environment. And at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? This is a work environment for, for all the players, all the coaches, the staff, the members of the media. Um, it was the right move. It needed to be done. And uh, I think that's, they maybe gave him too much uh, credit in giving him the option to, uh, step away opposed to just firing him. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the right decision was made and, and I'm glad the PA got involved and they did their, their due diligence as well. Clark, yeah, I seen you shaking your head a couple times there. So let her loose. What do you think? I, no, I, I was, I was all the way there with body. Like I, I, when you said Audi that it was a surprise that they hired him in the first place, like that's kind of where my head was going to. It's like, this is a team that is clearly on this young up-and-coming track and Babcock literally just had track record of not really doing super good in an environment like that with the Toronto Maple Leafs as they were coming up uh to what they are currently so and he was just again like you said I don't need to go over everything but he was just fired for basically malpractice in the workplace uh in his last job he's been out of work for a couple years why did the Columbus Blue Jackets feel the need to make this move in the first place? It just doesn't make any sense that it even happened. And who had September 17th on their bingo cards uh, for this one? Because whoever did had a lot of money on the line. Because like not even not even the the veteran training camp did he make. Uh, and so it's just like I don't know. Uh, 
he's a Saskatchewan guy. I try not to rag on him too much because everybody else does enough of that for me. Uh, every chance anybody, I, I think Greg Wyshynski said on Twitter during this whole ordeal, I'll call it, there aren't too many people in sports in general that have as many people ready to absolutely shank him as soon as anything happens than Mike Babcock. So where there's smoke, there's fire. Rod said it on Wednesday, James. Uh, and it, it was it was weird to start. It was weird all the way through. It was weird hearing the story. And I think Babcock said it in his, in his statement today. He doesn't want to be a distraction. Peace. Uh, and honestly, I, I just can't see him after this. There, there's no chance this guy gets another job in the NHL. It just can't happen. At this point, with this many things, as soon as he does anything, it becomes a huge nationwide, hockey-wide distraction. I just can't see this guy. And, again, he's a Saskatchewan guy. I do have some form of respect for him in that regard, but there's so many things just knocking him down every single time he tries to do anything. So I self-inflicted might might we add it's it's all self-inflicted yeah, stuff so absolutely. as much as it, as much as it's it's he's under scrutiny and under a more watchful yeah, eye it it's, it's it's all brought on by himself and he and and, and the fact of the matter is like truthfully if this is any other coach it's probably not brought up as such a big deal maybe yeah, it is maybe it isn't that. i don't want to i don't want to speculate on that but Given the track record, given, like I said, the self-inflicted, uh, like, you know, to use a piss poor term, he shot himself in the foot in the past. Uh, this is something that obviously he'd be under a more watchful eye. And um, like you said, I agree, Clark. It's I don't I don't think he's going to be back behind the bench in the NHL um, ever, ever again after this. So, I, you know. I think I think before the damage was done to the young core that they have coming up in this lineup, uh, that it was appropriately that they step away from him so that these guys can grow and not have to worry about somebody that's breathing down their neck in, in weird situations and putting them in awkward situations that they don't want to be in. I, I think it was appropriate move for Columbus. Well, we said it a few times too. I mean, when they hired Mike Babcock, this is a young core, right? It's a lot of young players. And when the players in Toronto were young, it was the same kind of thing. He wasn't registering with them. They weren't connecting. And I mean, I know some of the older coaches find ways like Bruce Boudreau and different ones to be able to connect with the younger guys and figure things out and maybe not with the veterans. But this just didn't seem like it was a thing that was going to fit. And well, now it, the shoe is dropped. It is over. They've moved on to a new coach already. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, Adam Fantilli looks pretty damn good, folks. And we'll talk about him a little later on. So that might be a, a gem for the old Columbus Blue Jackets out of all this. But, Audie, I want to ask you in the Room as well, um, what is your sh- yeah, summer shocker this summer? What uh, really stood out to you as a move or outside of Babcock, a hiring that you were like, wow, okay, this uh, this is something that can move the needle here? Um, That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> really putting me on the spot here. But um, I think the biggest – Biggest impact one, and and whether that be for for better or for worse, I think was the Carlson to Pittsburgh trade. Finally, um, yeah, like finally the rocks finally here. That's right. Yeah, it's like it's 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 like the 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 
you know, the book is finally shut on his uh, tenure in San Jose and it was, it was dragged on for a while. Um, but yeah, whether for, for good or for bad, uh, we don't know yet. That's yet to be seen. That chapter of Eric Carlson and the Pittsburgh Penguins story has uh, yet to be written, but, um, yeah, I, I just think that that could have the most implications, uh, obviously for Pittsburgh's sake, you can see a couple Penguins jerseys behind me here. I'm a, uh, I'm a Penguins fan before I'm a, I'm a fan of anything else. I just happen to live in Calgary and cover the flames. So, um, it was big. It was a big summer for me as a as a Penguins fan and as someone who's followed the team for. There you go. You got the old Tim Hortons uh, mini sticks. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got that good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are those were like on a side note. Like those are sweet. Remember when McDonald's used to do the mini jerseys and man, McDonald's used to have. They like, did we some... that for a second. Yeah, McDonald's yeah, pause, so pause. Nobody stuff. gives nobody gives a crap about Carlson right now. We need to talk about. The... <laughs> <laughs> old school memorabilia that used to get in your yeah, hat right there man yeah, like, yeah. i don't even know yeah but no you're right carlson was a was a pretty big shocker and finally for it to go down to pittsburgh where everybody expected it to happen kyle dubas trying to make his home run move um you know hey put a stamp on it, it was a shocker clark was there a move or something for you that went around the table where you're like oh all right this could be something yeah, I think how's how's my voice now, James? Are we, we doing good now? That's okay. You're doing good now. You don't seem like okay. you're trudging through a swamp or anything now. <laughs> good, because I was earlier. So, <laughs> no. uh, I think one that has a lot of impact and uh, probably not the most popular answer is doing it again. My voice. Yeah, but it is, huh? Give it me sounds like somebody's back. going like. Ooh. Yeah, yeah every time you talk. Yeah, it, it's just because Clark's got that dog in him, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got that dog in him. Um, Dylan, um, Dylan what's, your, what's your shocker this summer? What's your, uh, let's say, the dog in your move that uh, team made? Um, I think that this might make the Pacific a little bit more competitive. And I like the move uh, of Dubois heading to L.A. Um, I think it really solidifies their top six. Um, I know that it kind of pushes their young core either to the wing or down in the lineup a little bit more. But um, I, I think this is a great uh, way for not only L.A. to, you know, give the group one last dance with Kopitar and Doughty, but it also kind of gives the team somebody to fall back on when Kopitar either, you know, steps away from hockey or just takes, you know, on a on a lesser role. I think, I think Dubois could have a, a big impact in the LA, LA lineup, especially with the, uh, the wingers around them. You, you talk about, talk about Dubois. Just, uh, I'm going to interject here real quick. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Kopitar, but don't forget about like Kopitar. No, no, like, yeah, just, I know. just how good, <laughs> how good, like defensively two way set. They got three, two, like three mm-hmm. potential elite two way centers. Yeah. No, um, I also think about it's crazy. Um, Byfield could have a big season if he's playing next to Kopitar or or Dubois, but uh, I know that kind of really pushed out Byfield in the center position, and it has to has him have to play um, on the wing a little bit more. But I think it, I think he can adapt pretty easily. There could be worse things than playing on the wing of either Deneau, Kopitar, or Dubois on an LA Kings team that's looking to go on a run. So if he can find his footing there, I'm sure if there's an injury that pops up, he can more than slot himself into one of those oh, yeah. positions as well. So. He will be okay, Mr. Quentin Byfield. Clark, now that you're back, what yeah. is your shocker for the summer, sir? If we can get it out of you. 
Okay, so I just got that. I took the headphones. I threw them away. Uh, you sound they're... exponentially better. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'm just using the iPad now, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm going to look at the team behind Audi's back because I was going to say Dubois. I was going to say Carlson. Tyler Toffoli to the Devils. Um, I just Now, this isn't going to probably be the one that shocks everybody. It's not necessarily shocking in, in general, but I think impact-wise, I think the Devils took such a huge step last year, and for them to add a guy who is 30 goals almost every single year, you can almost lock it down. You can put it in the bank. Um, it's going to be a huge impact, I think, on that Devils team that kind of just needs a little bit more reliability as they kind of blossom into what they're going to be. There's a lot of power rankings that have them top five, some top three. Um, so I, I think adding a guy like Toffoli to that lineup is just going to make them that much stronger. Uh, and I mean, Audie, you can attest, Toffoli was a fan favorite. I know a lot of people liked him in Calgary. I know a lot of people were upset to see him go. Um, and I think it's just going to be a really interesting uh, fit for the Devils as they, again, look to take even another step from what they took last year. Uh, and it's only going to help having Dougie Hamilton on my fantasy team uh, as a power play point specialist. Uh, <laughs> so I'm good with it. Let's go. Nice. All right. Well, you know what? For me, I'm going to go with uh, with the Maple Leafs getting some grit. That's going to be my big shocker because it's a complete turn. That's what the, the summer shocker do. of the summer is that James is picking the Maple Leafs move. But for once they went and actually addressed what they needed to address. Yeah. Instead of just adding more finesse, instead of just adding more speed and more guys that can just basically do the same things that everybody else on the team already does. They went and addressed things that they didn't have. So to me, it was a complete shocker, but of course it's a different GM. So things will shake out differently. But speaking of different GMs and different things happening, we'll move off of my comment of the Leafs. We'll talk about the Sens and their fans. Audie, I've seen you talk about this a little bit. Um, we've talked about it a little bit, but Sens fans, they are feeling themselves. They got Tarasenko. They got Corpusalo. They're swagger walking all over the place. Like they're going to run the Atlantic division. Audie, I want to know, what do you think of Sens fans? I know it's good to be excited about your team, but they are next level, and we're not talking the Blue Jays here. <sighs> you, had to, you had to add that one in there, eh? Just a little <laughs> little dagger to my heart about the Blue Jays. Um, hey, they swept. They did, they yeah, but, but like we, we don't want to go back and talk about that Ranger series. We don't have enough time, or I don't have enough beer to keep me motivated. To <laughs> I'll send you some over, buddy. We want to drink together. Perfect, perfect. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, look, every every fan base loves their team, man. Everybody's every fan base uh, loves to talk about their team. Every fan base, except if you're like the Coyotes or something, all all, all six of those fans, um, you know, like to think about your team as like, oh, we're the best team, you know, best team in the NHL. Sens fans are a passionate bunch. I know a lot of really good Sens fans. I know a lot of really bad Sens fans, but I could say that about every single, all 32 teams. Hey, look. The Flames fan base, if you're not on Flames Twitter, can be one of the most toxic places oh, hell uh, yeah. outside of the Columbus Blue Jackets locker room before they start <laughs> um, <laughs> to keep it relevant. But, uh, um, yeah, like, look, man, everybody, everybody's got their takes. Everybody's got their, uh, you know, their passion. And, and, and you know what? As, as a hockey fan before uh, a Flames fan, before a Pittsburgh fan, I'm a hockey fan. You guys are all hockey fans to your core. True Don't you love to see passion in fan bases? I mean, the word passion among the Leafs fan base itself just means so much. But don't you love to see, like, I would be loving, I love the Battle of Alberta feud. I love when Oilers and Flames fans keep it classy, keep it respectful. 
and go at each other at the Battle of Alberta. I'm sure you guys love chirping with Sens fans in mm. in a respectful and, and knowledgeable way. But like, I can't paint everyone with the same brush. That's nope. that's all I'm gonna say. They they are a passionate bunch. They have a lot to be happy about. Tim Stutzler's a stud. Uh, Brady Kachuk is a stud. You know they got a they got a good decor that if they it, you know it's locked up for a long time. I know people don't like the Sanderson deal. I for one am a huge fan of that Sanderson deal. That has a lot of that has I think more potential to really be in the sense favor than it does to blow up in their face, sure. especially given how the cap's supposed to go up in the next you know even two years up to you know above ninety like ninety five we'll say like in the next two three years at, at ninety five million or whatever it's supposed to project at. But that aside, um, I love it. I love it. I, I'm very and I'm very also I'm also very partial to Sens fans because deep down in my core the Sens have a soft spot in my heart. I've always liked that team for some reason. Um, I know you guys don't want to hear that, and I'm probably never uh, gonna be invited back on the show. Oh no, see for me, I don't mind that Sens fans are feeling their team. What I don't understand is as soon as they're feeling their team, it's they're instantly better than the Leafs. Our top six is better than the Leafs. Our defense is better than the Leafs. Our goaltending is better than the Leafs. Our coaching, by the way, you took our coach. So <laughs> you basically, are using our parts, but no Got problem. Him. It's better than. The, why can't you just enjoy yourself? That's all I'm wondering about. Hey, it hey. has to be an instant. We're better than you. Make the damn dance and let's talk. Because the last Listen. time these two teams were in the playoffs together, Toronto served them up a sweeping helping hand out of the playoffs. <laughs> all I gotta say, all I gotta say is like, I, I, like my mortgage isn't cheap, but you boys rent free in Sens fan said You guys gotta have, you guys gotta have a little bit of uh, uh, feel good about that. But Can yeah, to, to your, yeah, exactly. Like you, with interest rates these days and everything, it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I get that. I do get that. But but at the same time, I will forever beat the drum. Of every fan base is like that, dude. Rangers fans and Islands Islanders fans and Devils fans are all like that with each other. Uh, I, the amount of TikToks I see of of, of Flames fans accounts, um, you know, it's the one I actually just saw one before I hopped on. It's like uh, the Flames red jersey is like Flames are red, Flames are white, and then it's like Flames are trash. And it was a picture of Connor McDavid. I'm like, that was really clever because I swiped through that entire thing <laughs> just for you to chirp me, but like. I, I love that. I love that they because don't you think it's even better when you could just rub it in everybody's face and make them eat crow when sometime down the line you bookmark that poor son of a bitch's tweet and you flame him in six months from now? I don't it's know. I, I maybe yeah, I, I look at it. Maybe I look at it different than everybody else. I just I like I, to have fun with it. Keep it light if you can. Keep it. Uh, I, I, I don't read no it problem with keeping it light, but it's a, yeah. It's yeah. those people that go on the disrespectful tangent. Once oh, you're yeah. like, are you crazy? They're like, oh, you you don't know shit going on in deep. I'm not even gonna say all the stupid stuff that you see because you see it everywhere. It's pretty bad. It's respectful, yeah, oh, yeah. like you said. No worries at all. Go right ahead. I chirp with Trache all the time about yeah, his good yeah. old sends. You know, it's no no problem. But it is what it is. But I just think that they have a different bravado. It's go, it's growing every summer. Two summers yeah. ago, they were starting to walk with it. Last summer, they learned to strut. This time they're walking in like Connor McDavid with two titles on his shoulder, just billionaire walking into the season. It's like you got to do something first before you can make that noise. But hey, yeah, have no, your I, 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 I get that. I get that. And I also think that maybe you can blame Pierre Dorian a little bit for saying that the rebuild was over and making all these, you know, put pump and sense fans head with all this BS information about how they're, you know, the next coming of uh, 
of like the the Islanders dynasty or something like that. So you uh, watch, you watch us shit talking all this shit talk about the Sens. They're gonna blow the doors off all season, go right through, win a cup, and we're gonna be sitting here with our heads down like shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see Twitter. I don't want to see Leafs Twitter. I was on Leafs Twitter for a little bit last playoffs, and uh, that place, that place was that was that place was wild, boys. That was a that was a crazy place to be. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't want to see it. If it's a scary place. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy place. A so shout out to all the people uh, in in Leafs Twitter who accepted me though. That was cool. That's a cool. That's a cool. That's a it cool was a fun time, buddy. Yeah. One time, it wasn't a long time, but it was a fun hey, time. It was a good time. It was like it was longer much than longer, it has been. Longer than it. longer than longer than these guys, that's for sure. So, well, let's talk hey, about yeah. those guys behind your shoulder. Obviously, let's jump into that right quick because I know Audie's got to get rolling on his life here. He's got some things to take care of, big <laughs> bad plans. Um, the Flame Summer. No, oh. I want to ask you. Just it seemed messy to start last time I had you on, uh, Dylan. I believe you were here too. You know, we were talking about all the players that were willing or wanting to leave. Whether it was Lindholm, whether it was Toffoli, go down the list, Hannafin, name it. It seems like a couple now have walked that back a little bit and are willing to stay. I wonder possibly. why. I well, just what what, what was the change? I, I didn't I didn't see anything subtly yeah, happening anywhere. Oh! That was good. wow. That was really good. That was yeah. Tip of the hat to you. Um, yeah. Look, it, it, it wasn't the the, the whole. You go back to the 2022-2023 Calgary Flames season as a whole. Look yeah. at it under a very broad, um, you know, very broad, uh, very wide lens. We'll say I'm trying to. I'm, just, I'm in. I'm in off-season form. I'll, I'll get better as as we get going. Um, you look at it in a wider lens here, and you take a close look at everything that transpired leading up to those interviews at the end of the season where, you know, you had that quote from Elias Lindholm, you had quotes from Michael Backlund who said, um, you know, he wants to see what happens. Guys like, uh, like you said, Noah Hannafin. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of problems, not only on the ice, but, you know, behind the bench, there was, there was uncertainty at the GM role. As you guys know, you have him now. Um, Brad for living and ending his run in Calgary and, and, and going to, uh, to lead the, uh, lead the buds there. Um, but yeah, Daryl Sutter, I think was a lot of the problem. And you saw guys walk back their statements kind of later on after the Sutter thing kind of transpired. Um, and obviously he, you know, it's no secret that there were problems in that locker room and it stemmed from a lot of what the old farmer from Viking Alberta <laughs> had to say about, you know, playing young guys, playing Milan Lucic in the top six, um, you know, guys eating popcorn when they, when they have been shining in the AHL and they come up and they get a, they get five minutes, five minutes in one game. And then they're eating popcorn. It's just like the, the crap sandwich just builds itself. You know, like everything that he did and everything that, and I'm not saying he's completely to blame, but when you see a lot of guys walking those comments back after they fired Daryl Sutter, um, it makes a little bit more sense as to what the common denominator was regarding those comments. Now, that being said, comments about wanting to stay are one thing, but it don't, doesn't mean nothing unless you get pen to paper, which is what kind of Flames fans are in limbo about right now, right? Yeah. Elias Lindholm going into the year as a as, as a pending uh, RFA or a UFA, sorry, Michael Backlund pending UFA. Um, 
Noah Hannafin. Like there's a there's a laundry list of play Oliver Shillington, who thank God he's back. I'm glad that um everything that went down with him last season has been dealt with. Mental health is no joke. Take care of your head uh and, and what's going on between the years. Um but there's a lot of question marks and you know, Flames fans aren't stupid. They they might talk crap on Twitter and make themselves sound silly, but they're not stupid. Um, we've seen this movie before and we didn't like the ending. I'll take you back to the off season when Johnny Gaudreau went to Columbus for some reason and uh, Matthew <laughs> Kachuk walked himself out of the door um, and, uh, you know, ended up with that that trade to Florida. So Flames fans aren't stupid. They know the ending. You can you can tell Flames fans all they all you want them to hear about. Yep, we're open to signing. Yep, we're open to signing. But the proof is in the pudding. Until pens to paper, nothing's happening, right? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of discourse on on Twitter with Flames fans saying, "Okay, well, we want to sign Lindholm. Oh, well, we can't uh, go into the season without uh, without an extension." Or there's the, the the camp of people who are saying we should trade him now and this, that, and the other. So uh, to summarize, a very um, uneventful summer for Calgary. It seems like there's been a lot behind the scenes, at least for Flames fans, to keep themselves talking about. Not a lot happened, but there's a lot of what if, and that's kind of the that's kind of the the place where everybody's stuck right now, and it's it's not a fun place to be. It's, I, it I makes, it's it makes for it, it makes for piss poor content, and it makes for just being the laughing stock of hey, this team has done nothing. They cha- they traded or they changed their GM. And, and and promoted a coach, right? Let me uh, let me sprinkle a little of uh, James's uh, happiness of the Leafs kind of stuff on your Flames here. Maybe it's always about off, the Leafs. Maybe this off season, the Calgary Flames. Well, I'm just sprinkling some happy dust on your story here. I like. That. Maybe the Flames spent the off season mending fences with these players, and that may come to fruition and grow some fruit either before the season or throughout the season as. They maybe see things change the way they want them and like the changes that are in place and they put pen to paper. Maybe it's just taking a little extra time to mend those fences and fix those relationships to keep everyone that you want to keep around, like the Hannafins, the Backlands. Maybe that's what's happening here and why nothing else has come in to rock the boat to say, hey, well, if you're not signing, then we're bringing in X player to replace you, period. You know, we brought in this guy. If you want to walk out the door, go ahead. Instead of doing that, what they've done is calm the waters and said, hey, we're willing to work with you. Here's what we're willing to do. Here's the plan. Let's get some things figured out. And maybe that's the uh, the happiness you can sprinkle over it right now. Nobody is now demanding a trade and maybe things mm-hmm. get worked out. Yeah, I do believe in a, in a slight um, degree of damage control. There would, there would have had to have been... Um, especially with some of the youth, given what, you know, Daryl's uh, antics in the media and the way he talked about certain players and, um, you know, his actions uh, towards players, nothing, uh, you know, harmful in that sense, but just, you know, mental battles with a player who's, you know, earned his right to, to get a call up and is sitting in the press box eating popcorn uh, after a one game of five minutes. It was actually, I'm talking about Matthew Phillips and the only yeah. game he played was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he had five minutes because I'm pretty sure in that game, the Leafs had like six power plays or something stupid like that. And he never saw a minute of penalty kill time because it's not a penalty killer. Um, so in addition to being, you know, stapled between Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis, he was just not getting a lot of ice time and that can mess with a player and and to make a long story short i do believe there is a good extent of damage control that needed to be done but 
I'm also in the same camp of, okay, well, the longer you let this thing drag out, how many times do you hear uh, agents on behalf of players saying, we're not going to talk about anything during the season. We're going to let the season ride out and uh, go from there. You let the season ride out with these guys. You're, you're too late. You're too yeah. far gone. Um, yeah. It's it's time to, for lack of a better term, shit or get off the pot. It's right. it's time to maybe force the hand a little bit and say, hey, look, here's our deadline. We need to know by this date. I mean, this should have been done previously. I don't I don't know if it has or hasn't, but we need to know by this date if you're going to be sticking around. Here's our offer. Um, let us know what you think. Otherwise, we're going to have to move on. We're going to have to try to keep this team competitive, but not lose out on assets the way that they did a la Johnny Gaudreau. So um there's a lot of, and you can understand just by how I'm explaining this, how Flames fans are feeling. Um, Clark, I know you know a good chunk of Flames fans and, and what you do. What do you, what, what do you, uh, can you echo that? What do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, well, I'll say this. The host of my show, the Rod Peterson show, Rod, he was on the show on Wednesday with James. Uh, he was in Calgary all summer and he just kept saying like, everyone's like, like what? Like what, what? What are we doing? Are we? Do we have a direction? Where are we? Who are we? Where? What, like what are we doing? And identity. Uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I've heard yeah. is just that it just kind of seems like hey, we just did all this stuff for the last few years, and then we're just in like waiting. We're just waiting for something. So <laughs> I think from what I've heard, uh, generally you like Conroy. Generally, you know, the coaching staff is it feels better. Um, and who knows, like with what James said too, um, just kind of like with all the changes, maybe the players that are already there feel more comfortable on the ice as well. Maybe off the ice, there's a lot of, of ripple effects, but Huberto might, you know, maybe fits the system better in this new system. And uh, all Kadri maybe fits a little bit better. Like all these guys they have pieces they have a lot of pieces um and i think it's just if, if they can put it all together on the ice there's no reason they shouldn't be a solid team it just feels like okay like we should be bolstering and you look at the free agency pool now and there's not much left so it's just gonna i don't know it's curious it's it's been a curious off season for sure now audie with what moves you guys have made uh with ryan huska uh, having a new general manager and I guess Sharon Govich for a, a better word. Um, what are your expect expectations heading into this season? Do you think that the youth is going to get injected into the lineup a little bit more? What like what do you expect out of this group heading into the season? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be spoon fed to any of these young guys. It's not like the 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 mood shouldn't be okay. Daryl's gone. We've got a spot. You still got to earn that spot. There's still. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Flames, I don't think they have signed anybody to a PTO or anything like that. So it's not like they're going to, and maybe th there's still time. I, I haven't checked to see yeah. who's still available. Um, but, you know, there, it, that's the kind of healthy competition maybe you want. Last year it was Cody Eakin, who uh, was not good. <laughs> and, and he got beat out by, by, by some other guys, right? But you want that healthy competition. You don't want your young guys to come in and just automatically assume that they have a spot. I will say... Um, Jacob Pelche is the kind of guy who I think right now is just ready for the NHL. Absolutely. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> gonna, gonna, gonna earn a spot, but, um, but like, it's more of a shoe in than a guy like Connor Zary. Uh, Matt Coronado is probably pretty close as well. Uh, Jeremy Poirier on the blue line, uh, former St. John Sea dog. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
<laughs> I know my cue, boys. I know my cue. <laughs> um, just because of all the connections with the Flames. But uh, yeah, it's the, the and and to answer your question about expectations, one of my buddies um, who writes over at the Wind Column, Josh, he um, put it perfectly, and he said the best part about coming into this season is just not having any expectations at all. We don't know what, like like Clark said, we don't know what the direction is of this team. We don't know what their identity is under this new coach. We haven't seen a full uh, season. We haven't seen any games under Ryan Huska, right? We know the kind of guy he is. Um, he's been with the organization for a long time. He's been promoted through the ranks, uh, through the AHL, up, you know, assistant coach in the NHL. Now he's the head coach. Um, but we don't really know what that's going to, you know, what that's going to transfer to as a, as a full-time NHL head coach. So yeah. it's, it's a good spot to be in. If you're a fan to kind of just come into the season with an open mind, um, Craig Conroy still getting adjusted into his new role, obviously bringing the, the great Jerome McGinley back into the mix as well um, with, with Conroy is going to be something that they're both going to have to get used to. Um, but let's not forget the last time that uh, Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinley worked together work together pretty well. So I have yep. a lot of confidence in those two uh, at the helm, but yeah, expectation wise, I think that I'm coming into the season with an open mind just to kind of see uh, how everybody uh, reacts to the change. And I think that we're going to see a much more rejuvenated, um, a much more uh, well-balanced mentally and um, you know, obviously the product on the ice as well team than what we saw last year. Well, speaking of being more well-balanced, our friends over at DraftKings, they want to balance out your bank account. What? And we are partnered up with the Hockey Podcast Network. And guess what? Football is back in full swing. DraftKings is the sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action. This season, all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers Every game day in September, get in on the action with the NFL Week 2 with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only DraftKings Sportsbooks with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. Text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms and eligibility Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus pets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility, deposits, and restrictions apply. Boom! There you have it. Oh, take Check a deep out. breath. Take a deep breath and take a bow. <sighs> yeah. That was a, yes. that was a hell of an ad read. <laughs> that was a hell I'm gonna, of I'm gonna pull a segue. I'm gonna pull a segue out of that. You know what's not Go. void in Ontario? Brad Tree Living. Uh, and he was oh, your former. The boys are killing it with the transition. <laughs> you know he was your former GM over there in yeah, Calgary. Um, I, I said Calgary once on TikTok and got just roasted for mm -hmm. saying Calgary. Mm -hmm. uh, so in Calgary. Uh, he was your GM uh, for a while. And now a while. he's in Toronto. Now he's in Toronto. Toronto. Um, Toronto. 
<laughs> and now we talked about it at length the last couple episodes, just from our perspective. Um, but Audie, I guess from kind of like the ex girlfriend out west. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's what, a good way to what, put it. Yeah, I mean, what does it look like for you as the person sitting there waiting for your team to do something? And then you, your ex-boyfriend went to a new city and he's added all these players that you guys, I mean, frankly, probably would have fit great in Calgary. Um, so, like, what is it What is it for, for you to see Brad Tree Living coming over to Toronto? Uh, I'm not from there. I'm from Saskatchewan, so I can't say coming here. Coming, Going to Toronto and, and having kind of like, a, you know, posting a bunch of pictures on Instagram to make himself look good after the breakup. How, how does that make you guys feel out in Calgary? Um. Bradshaw Living did a lot of really good things here in Calgary. He also did a lot of really not so great things, but I think that the, 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 um, given, I'm just going to preface with just kind of how I feel about him here in Calgary before I present how I feel about him in Toronto. Um, he did a lot of really good things. He did some questionable things, but that's the nature of being a GM. You're not always going to get it right. They're human. They're not going to, it's not a game of NHL 23 where you're simming through an entire season. Trades are set to easy and auto sign free agents are on. It's not, it's not video game stuff. Um, I think he did a really good job given what he was able to do here. Never once was he given the opportunity to tear it down to the studs, start from scratch and maybe start that R word that we're not allowed to say here in Calgary. Uh, under the under that the current owner um so given what he was expected to do from an ownership standpoint i think he did a pretty good job in trying at least trying to ensure that the calgary flames remained competitive because that's all ownership wants he cares about and and every owner is the same for the most part uh whatever lines their pockets and playoff revenue is just like you know they see that it's the emoji with the green eyes and the dollar signs right that's that's kind of how uh, how it is out here. Um, he did a good job. He didn't do a fantastic job. I think he was just fine. I didn't have any problems with him. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see him go. I, I was surprised, but not surprised. I, I kind of figured Toronto would be one of the teams that reached out to him. I think it was maybe even on uh, Rod's show where somebody, it might have been uh, Lubardius or somebody said that, uh, or maybe it was Eric Francis said that he was going to take a, take some time off. And I said, I call bullshit. I, that guy's going to be working <laughs> next season. And it's all due respect to whoever reported it. I just, I, I, I knew that there was, there were too many teams out there who could use a guy like him. Um, and I, I was a little bit surprised, like I said, surprised, but not to see him go to Toronto given how it seemed as though Dubis couldn't do everything to his full potential due to Shanahan wanting uh, final say on stuff, which is interesting. If that's even truly the case, I'm I'm just going off of what I kind of know, um, which is interesting. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, I mean, I, none of the, the four of us truly don't know. It's 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 the big people who know, um, which was surprising to me because I wasn't sure if he was going to fit in another system where he wasn't quite allowed to do everything that he possibly could. But I think that's seems... what stalled the negotiations. To be honest with you, because it seemed like he was barging through the door and then it cooled off really quickly. And I think that was something that maybe he stuck his, uh, his foot in the door and said, listen, I'm going to come through, but this is what I need to be able to do to be able to mm-hmm. make this work. And, you know, maybe they bent a little bit, didn't break, but definitely bent to some of his demands to make it work. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I I think will truly bring out the best tree is if um, he has a little bit of a longer leash to do stuff that uh, he doesn't need, you know. I mean, it's always going to need approval from someone, but just the inability for him to tear things down and, and make some moves to kind of uh, not even rebuild but retool on the fly was restraining him in Calgary. Um, yeah. And he's a great hockey mind. The guy's awesome. He's a great person. Um, he's just a good dude. And I'm, I'm really happy that he's found work again. I know it was a, a mutual parting of ways in Calgary, not necessarily a firing, which is, you know, promising. He didn't really do anything wrong to make his job. It just was, it has a shelf life, right? Every market yeah. where you're working in, you have an expiration date. And, uh, he recognized that, which is again, a very mature and responsible thing as a, as an executive to do. So I'm happy for Lee fans that you've got someone there who can, um, you know, he'll do everything he can to make sure that, uh, that the Leafs can, can stay competitive. Well, let yeah, me ask you this one. One of the, one of the biggest things, James, I could just chime in really quickly before you take over here is uh, I kind of personally have like, bringing a little bit of that Western Canadian attitude over to the East. And uh, I think that I know he's not, I don't think he's originally from out there. I think the tree living family is actually from Ontario. Are they not? I'm I'm almost certain he's from, he was born in BC. If I'm okay. Okay. I'm I'm going to fact check while you keep talking. Sure. Yeah. Do that. That's (laughs) perfect. Uh, But either way it's, you can't live in Alberta. You can't live in Saskatchewan. You can't live even in parts of BC for that long and not get it ingrained in your head, mm-hmm. that Western Canadian blue collar attitude. And I think that's one thing that I've really appreciated about him coming over is just kind of, he's already shown that he's going to put his stamp on the team. And we've talked about this lots, James, we've talked about yep. this lots, Dylan. Uh, he's already made moves that Kyle Dubas probably wouldn't have made. And, and let's be honest, if Kyle Dubas did come back as a GM, Eric Carlson probably would have been a Maple Leaf. Cause I guarantee you that was probably one of, the things that he was trying to do with this autonomy that he wanted uh, so badly, um, which could have been a great thing, but it probably would have involved William Melander. That's a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not worry about that. Um, but either way, I've, I've personally liked it, and I know that a lot of uncles in Ontario are also pretty happy about some of the moves that they've made this offseason as well. And uh, we'll just have to see. Obviously, we'll have to see how it pans out. We're talking a lot about, you know, we're happy over here and all these things, but we'll have to see how it actually plays out on the ice, and we'll get there eventually, but uh, it's fun to talk about now. Well, that's what I want to ask Audie, actually, is the Leafs' chances now, where they Woo-hoo. beef up another great segue. See, we just keep rolling here. Um, making it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> the the Leafs' chances this season, obviously, we talked at nauseum on this show through the past few years where they need to beef up, where they need to get some snarl, some bite back, some chirp. And it doesn't need to be just one guy like a bunting. Now you have three or four or five guys on the team that can do it. In McCabe, go down the list. Domi can chirp. Bertuzzi can chirp. Ryan Reeves can definitely chirp. Um, you know, you keep rolling through the You probably don't want him chirping every night, but he can chirp. No, but he can do some certain things that, again, he'll skate up to guys and, you know, set the tone, yeah. so to speak. He'll be a table setter. He doesn't really need to sit down to the meal, if you know what I mean. He can do it from the bench. Um, but for me, I want to ask you the Leafs chances now where they have these things. And I really, in my core, think one of the things Austin Matthews asked Brad for living before this extension was signed was to go and get guys to keep the flies off, to make it easier for the skill guys to play 
and to really just set a tone for the assholes that are out there, the rats that Brian Burke used to call them, to keep them in check against the Leafs because, hello, Sam Bennett slamming Matthew Nye's head off the ice. There was no response to that. There was no yeah. response to him getting – Matthew's getting ragdolled earlier in the season against the Panthers by Cousins. Those things just weren't going answered. Mm-hmm. Now you have guys in this lineup that will answer and set a tone for that other than just patty caking, which is what Michael Bunting did. No offense to Michael Bunting. I'm not shitting on him. I love what he did as the Leaf. But he patty caked a lot. He did not actually drop the bits. And True. then when it came to things, he took a lot of dumb penalties towards the end too. But anyways, they have guys that will now – Flatten your nose if you touch Austin Matthews. And I like it. I like it. But, Audie, what are the Leafs' chances this season now that they've bulked up a little bit and may uh, may have a little bit of a fuck you attitude? Pardon my French. Hey, yo, that's okay. That's uh, that's the kind of attitude that you want to have, uh, yes. especially come playoff time. Um, look, the Leafs' chances, I think, is... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're better, better... Um, I don't know if they're worse. I, I, I truly, again, it's almost like that whole changing of the guard thing here in Calgary where uh, a new system and all that stuff. We, we haven't seen in, in quite some time a Leafs team that has this kind of grit uh, in the lineup. So, I mean, I, I want to think that in a, in a division like the Atlantic where you have your, um, you know, your Brady Kachucks in Ottawa, you have your big bad Bruins in Boston, you got big guys everywhere in, in the Atlantic. And the Atlantic is probably one of if not the toughest divisions in the nhl um it's kind of like the american league east but we're not going to get into that either uh but uh yeah it's just uh I, my expectations for the leafs this year i think they took a obviously they took a step last year they exercised their demons and they they got out of the first round but that's not good enough leaf fans are so that's so not good enough and and you guys know that that's not good enough it's it's this team has been for lack of a better term, pussyfooting around this for for years and years under uh, with with your with your Matthews and your Marners and 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 this team is just it should be so much better and so much better off than they have been in the last half decade. Um, I hope to God that my Leafs mutuals, who are all uh, I've, I've got a lot of them now after that that playoff run and my fandom last year with the Leafs uh, in the playoffs. I hope to God it's 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 this year. I I almost see though I could see a situation a, a similar to the way Carolina has been kind of, um, and, and even before that the, the the Washington Capitals. I'm I'm seeing I'm getting bad flashbacks of you know years and years and years of the of the Washington Capitals getting booted by the Penguins and then finally they 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 make their way and they win a cup. Um, I. Th- and I don't want to spoil my early cup final as I can see on the schedule here, but I'm seeing a trend here with the Carolina hurricanes that I think is going to be breaking pretty soon here too. Um, and maybe this is a trend that the Leafs are kind of falling victim to as well. Um, and I don't know if you want to call it chance. I don't know if you believe in, in, in that kind of bad juju and then just finally exercising your, your full demons and, and getting, uh, getting all the way, but I could see, it going either way with them kind of falling into that trap. I, I'm going to call it the Washington Capitals trap uh, in the East, or I could see them like, I could see just, you know, you're not going to be playing your Ryan Reeves and your, you know, your big guys, those, those heavy, heavy minutes. Um, but, you know, we saw it here in Calgary, Milan Lucic, a shell of his former self, Godspeed in Boston. 
Um, but the league, the league is not the way it used to be when you're playing Milan Lucic as much as you played him in Calgary. Um, he's got no speed, and and that's something you'll get out of Ryan Reeves too. Not he's he's a he's a body, right? Like he's just gonna throw the body around. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe that's all they need. I truly don't know. I'm just a mouthpiece. But yeah, like, no, maybe that's it. Like, it's 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 like. I could see it going so many ways for the Leafs, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Listen, I, you talk about slaying beasts, and I'm going to go way back here with this beast that the Leafs need to slay. They did lose to Carolina in the Eastern Conference Final once upon a time in the early 2000s. So if you're talking about maybe Carolina being on that cusp and the Leafs were knocking on the door constantly in the early 2000s and mm-hmm. Carolina shut them down, would it not be a turn of fate for Toronto <laughs> now that Carolina's been knocking on that door to come and shut them down in the Eastern Conference Final and book their own ticket over the Carolina Hurricanes so many years later. But guess what? I hold damn grudges. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it, it, it would be it would be storybook ending shit, and and you guys know that. I, I think every Leaf fan is waiting for that storybook ending. Oh Look, man, I'm, I'm I'm from I'm from Guelph. I'm just outside just outside yeah, of Toronto. Yeah, you're not far from me. Yeah, I, that's where I'm born and raised. I'm Newmarket born now. Yeah, so like I know, dude. I was I've been in that market for a long, long, long time. It's a long suffering fan base, and truly, I, I I don't think I made it any more clear than last playoff when I jumped on y'all's bandwagon yeah. and you accepted me like I was one of your own. I want you it for you guys. I you want it. Us. I want it. I hope so. I didn't help <laughs> enough, clearly, but uh, I I I want it for 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 you, Leaf fans, so bad, and um. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I it's I, We'll talk about maybe a little bit more in my cup final pick. but We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, yeah. Billy wanted to skip over this one and give it to me, so I'll swing it out there. If there's a rule for next season – oh, yeah, I'm throwing you right under the bus, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> uh, if there's <laughs> one rule change that you would like to see for the upcoming season, Audie, one that kind of just irks you, what would it be and why would it be getting rid of the shootout? Oh, the shootout is so buns. shootout shootout is straight up booty flakes i can't stand it um one you know what i never understood i never understood why goals never counted in the shootout like goals to their total i never understood that but that's kind of a side note sorry i had to interrupt interrupt. no that's fair uh the shootout sucks i do hate it um i want to see and 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 goalies hate me I'm not very well respected in the goalie uh, in the goalie spheres because I've always beaded the drum or beat the drum of uh, goalies being more fair game than they are. And I'm not saying I want to see goalies get hurt. This is going to get clipped somewhere and I'm going to come across like a real piece of shit. Body um, says he wants goalies. To get I hurt. can't Scott. wait for all the goalie concussions. No, but <laughs> I, I mean, I just think there needs to be a revisitation of uh, the trapezoid and the crease and what you can and can't do in the trapezoid and you can do in the crease. Look, man, I spent three years, was it, watching Mike Smith flop around in the trapezoid here in Calgary and trying to think of the reason why he does it other than to just try and draw a penalty and make himself look stupid. Um, it's not really a rule change. I just want revisitation of that because if a goalie comes out of his crease and is out of the trapezoid, this is where I'm going to get clipped. Uh, he should be fair game. 
that's that's my rule change. To be able to blast them. Hey, little body contact. Keep them honest. Yeah, rub them well, off. Want to keep them no, honest? Don't rub them off, but brush them off. Uh, you're, you're getting clipped. You're getting clipped left, right, and <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> for me, boys. Thanks. Kind of body. Oh man, the the one for me and guys. You may want to chime in on this one uh, before we keep rolling here. Um, is I want to see penalties go the full thing. They're they're doing it over, I believe, in Europe. I, I was going to say you score a power play goal. The power play keeps going. You commit an infraction. You should serve the whole entire thing. And if the team scores three, four, five, six, seven, eight power play goals on the two minutes or whatever it is, hey, you did it. You did committed the infraction. Like that makes the power play work. Shorthanded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, two things. Two things with that. I want the other side of it too. Yeah. If you score a shorthanded yeah. goal, it ends it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Two things with that. If you score a shorthanded goal, your team gets off the power or the penalty kill as well. Get out of jail. Yep. You broke what your that guy will up. do on both sides is power plays will become more aggressive, taking more shots because they want to score as many times as possible. Yeah. And teams will be more aggressive on the penalty kill, leading to more mistakes and more errors and opening up the ice. It'll, it, it only, to, in my brain, it only makes sense to make it that way like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a much more exciting sport just with that. Just with power plays and penalty kills, because teams are going to take a lot more chances. They're going to try to get more opportunities quicker rather than sitting around and passing around the perimeter for a minute and 15 seconds, getting one shot, going to power play unit two. Like, it's been that way for 25 years. I would love to see more aggression and on both sides of the power play penalty kills uh, spectrum. So I, I think that would be great. I can't wait to see how this works out over in Europe and just see if it's way more explosive or maybe it doesn't work as well as we think, but I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see the results of that. Just, just so you know, all your hockey purists listeners have just tuned out. They just turned. Oh, well, I think they tuned out when you said that they're going to rub off goalies. Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They've listened to anything I've said. If, if, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, geez, but, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that I, I, I wanted to say that, but I, I was like, one of one of you three is going to say it, and I know it. Yeah, I decided to choose violence towards goalies. All right, so you yeah. listen, violence towards goaltenders, and then obviously update the uh, the penalty kill power play stuff. All right. Well, seeming we're choosing violence here, I want to hear what your violence is for the early Stanley Cup prediction pick. Um, I've heard a lot of Leafs Oilers. Nah. No, it's Carolina, man. I'm 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 taking Carolina Ooh. out of the East. I'm taking the Hurricanes out of the East. It's been too and if and and quite frankly, it has to be Carolina. It Carolina needs it to be Carolina. How long has it been? They've been so dominant in the East for so long now. And what do they have to show for it? That's why it makes sense that the Leafs put them out because the Leafs were in that train in the yeah. early 2000s. It's just yeah. a story. Audie, write I know. the story. I'm, I'm trying to. I, they haven't invited me to be script, a script writer in the NHL yet. I can't I can't tell my story. One day. Until then, someone else's story for this season is going to be the Carolina Hurricanes punching their ticket and getting out of the East, getting to the Stanley Cup final. I think uh, I think they got all the right pieces. I think their blue line's great. I think they're good goaltending. They've got scoring threats galore, and they got Rod the Bod behind the bench. If you can't, well, if you don't want to run run through a brick wall for that guy, then you're I'm not know, running through uh, a brick wall. No, you're you. He is the brick wall. You got to try to run through him. <laughs> um, 
I'm surprised so he doesn't put on the equipment and join his team. <laughs> he probably could. Yeah, he probably, probably could. could. Yeah, he's. That's uh, the next story that's gonna break. Is Rod Brindamore is out there on the ice for the yeah, team? Yeah, there's yeah. no one around, just whipping pucks and throwing guys through the glass. So I'm taking Carolina out of the East and in the West. Oh man, it's. I think it'll be. Uh, this is gonna sound so stupid. It's gonna sound stupid, but I hope. I I hope I get. If I get clipped for anything from this show, I want it to be my Cup final prediction being right. I'm torn between Colorado going back or Dallas taking a step, and yeah. just and just doing what they do. I and like I, those I I don't like Dallas. I just I don't know. What I love it is. Dallas. I don't like Dallas. I never have. I just don't know what it is about them, but. They're just too good of a team. Jake Ottinger is something else. Jason Robertson is the Robertson that you guys wish you had. Oh, and uh, <laughs> this season, bud. the Robertson that you wish Nick could be. Um, we wish I think he's the Robertson that Nick Robertson me. wishes he could be. <laughs> Probably, yeah, on, in, in all honesty. And, and that paycheck is going to help too. But um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say Carolina-Dallas. That's my cup Ooh, final. Wee. And people are going nice. to hate me because they're two non-traditional hockey markets, but eat it. That's how you grow uh, the game. Look That's at how Vegas you grow the game. Florida. Look at Vegas. Look at Florida. Let's go for two more non-traditional hockey markets. I'm taking the Hurricanes. It's September 17th, 2023, 6.15 Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> Audie James is picking the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars. And who's winning? That's not important. I'll, yeah, I'll, next time you have me on. The oh, fans. Yeah. The fans win. Yeah, The fans win. Yeah. There you go. And hockey purists, that... hockey purists lose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, Audie, you live in Western Canada. I live in Western Canada. I live in Regina. You're out in Alberta. But did you happen to get a chance to see the Connor Bedard hype train come through town when he did come through town? And, I mean, we've seen – I'll let you – that's question number one. Question number two – uh, you see all these rookies blowing up rookie uh, tournament games right now. Bedard got four points. I think Fantilli had five points the other night. Um, and Ty Voigt, by the way, I think had somebody had a hat trick for the Leafs today. Lazinski. Liz, Lazinski. Oh, yes. Um, Lazowski from the, the Saskatoon Blades. You. There we go. Another Western Canadian. I was kid. watching for once. Yes. Um, <laughs> Small, he's small, but he might get there. Who knows? Uh, seventh round pick. Uh, let's temper our expectations, Dylan. Let's relax right. up there, okay? <laughs> hey, um, I got Easton Callum, buddy. We'll we'll go with Matthew Nyes. That that's what we're excited about. But you know, Bedard and Fantilli, we can talk about them. But uh, question number two, question number one, did you get to see Bedard? What did you think? Question number two, Calder. We're talking Calder Trophy already. Who's who's your front runner? Is Bedard Fantilli? Is there somebody else you really like? Who, what are you thinking in that regard? Matthew Nyes. Matthew Nyes. <laughs> it's always the Leafs. It's the Leafs where I work. It's the Leafs where I come to, to talk about hockey other than the Leafs. Um, yeah. You work for a network called the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, okay? Is that what SD stands for? Have I been getting it wrong this it's, whole time? I think so. <laughs> um, damn, that Steve guy. Anyways, uh, no, I didn't get to see him. Um, they were sold out faster than I could blink. Uh, to get tickets here, they they actually opened it, they so the the hitmen play at the Saddle Dome uh, as they share the rink with the Wranglers and the Flames. Um, they opened the press level, which is like the top bowl. They never they hardly ever sell out tickets in the second bowl for these uh, for this games. They sold out the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for uh, for Connor Bedard's visits. Uh, 
which was great for Jeez. the WHL. It was great for the yeah. Hitmen, um, but not great for me because I didn't get to see him play, and I'm probably not going to get to see him play this year. Um, so, no, I didn't. I wish I did. I'm kicking myself in the rear end for not getting tickets sooner. Um, I did see how good he's been playing or how well he's been playing in these prospect tournaments. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying he's... Yeah a bust or anything, but it's a bunch of AHLers and 18, 19 year olds who are on the precipice of uh, trying to, trying to crack pro. Um, but you can tell his toe drag release has been, uh, is in mid season form already. is already in mid season form. So that shot, those shots are nasty. He's so gross. As for the Calder, I want, I, I, I don't want to like, I don't think this kid's going to crumble, man. I, I truly don't think that, I don't think there's any bust potential for Connor Bedard. He's just too gross. Um, he's writing the story. He's writing the story, and 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 that story, chapter one, or sorry, chapter two, after being drafted into the NHL first overall, consensus first overall, uh, like three years out. Chapter two is I think this kid wins the uh, uh, this kid wins, wins rookie of the year. So um, I don't think there's going to be much competition, to be honest. I think Fantilli's nasty, but I think Bedard's going to just take this thing and run with it. I do. The, the more, James, the more I think about it, and I listen to Rod Peterson talk on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is your job. It is, par- yeah, it is par- partially. Um, but it is something where I, you think about, the hype around Sidney Crosby back in the day, he mm-hmm. got 100 points. We think about the hype around Alex Ovechkin. I'm pretty sure he had 100 in his rookie year, if I'm not mistaken, or close to it anyways. McDavid, the hype around him, he had 100 points. And here we are as a hockey fan base, as a just in general, all teams, and we're like, well, he might get 70. But why are we stopping there? I think this kid has the ability, and he has at every level he's ever played at, and he is – way he's a sturdy five foot 11 whatever he is i don't know if he's five eleven, but he is sturdy like he is a if you look at him working out beside Connor mcdavid at the bio steel can we say that now are they bankrupt uh <laughs> unnamed sports Steel. drink yeah, <laughs> yeah. oops um <laughs> but if you look at them side by side he's bigger than mcdavid is and then mcdavid's not like the he's not a bodybuilder but um he is like built, man, and he's been working out like a tank for like three years since he got that exceptional status, first ever in the WHL to get it. He has been working out like a absolute workhorse, and this kid is going to come in. And I, I, I tweeted it when he, the videos of him were going viral. Uh, I still don't think that people know how good this kid actually is. We saw it at the World Juniors. We saw it in other, in other venues and other platforms. I still just don't think people quite get it. And maybe it's because he's a Western Canadian kid. Maybe if he was in Ontario, maybe the hype would have been even bigger than it currently is. I don't know. I'll, I'll be a biased Western Canadian and say that we probably got shafted in terms of Connor Bedard coverage just because he's out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think that there's going to be so many people on a nightly basis with this kid that say, whoa, he's that good? Wow, I can't believe he's that good. And it's going to happen all season long. Uh, the more and more I think about it, I think I said like 85 points for him. The more I think about it, I just want to go all the way to 100. I, mean, I say he's going to break 100, even though he has nobody with, beside him. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Yeah. He won MVP a couple years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Nick Foligno. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Corey Perry. 
Hey, hey, watch out for Lucas Reichel. I think he could also sure. Help. There's actually a good one. That's actually a good option. <laughs> but, they got the, but, they got some small pieces, and he'll bring some guys along with him for that ride. Yeah. We've seen oh, that in yeah. World Juniors. We've seen it all around. So he can yeah, make it I happen. The last thing that I heard recently, and I really actually liked it. I'm going to carry it forward to is. A lot of players make players around them better. Connor Bedard is one of those players. But I think going from playing with 18, 17, 18-year-olds 18 in junior to playing with pros is going to make him even that much better too. Okay. I think he's going to carry that forward as well. Even if the team around him isn't the <laughs> the dynasty Penguins from a few years ago or something like that, Like he, he's still going to have some players around him that are better than who he's played with. And I think he's just going to be that much better as well. So I really don't think 100 points is off the table with this kid. As much as James, I know you want to anoint Matthew Nice the Calder Trophy winner. I just think I, I'm just, I just like Audie said. I don't think I can go anywhere other than Bedard as long as something terrible, terrible. We tragic couldn't go anywhere him. else with Connor McDavid when it was his rookie year, but the guy got hurt. He didn't win it. So there I'm just saying there's always an opportunity for the door to be open for someone else. Yeah, but true. yeah, it's Connor Bedard's year unless something happens, and that's all we'll say. Audie, we've kept you for so long, my friend. I really want to say thank you for jumping on. You've done it twice now. I'd love to have you on some point through the season, talk about how the Flames are doing, how married life is. By the way, if you didn't catch the beginning of the show, <laughs> this man is getting married next weekend. Everyone send him a tweet. Congrats him. It's awesome, man. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to come on, man. You, you you tell me when, I'll make myself available. We'll, uh, awesome. we'll make it happen. Well, we appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is around here. It's Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Yeah.